0: Right, you feel comfortable with the format? Yeah. Ready for today's, today's episode?
1: Tom, did you, did you have news you wanted yes, to? Yes, I, so I was trying to figure it out before we stopped recording the last episode, but Fran cut me off. <laughs> 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 and I looked up, and Robin Wall Kimmer, author of Braiding Sweetgrass, is uh, from the Potawatomi tribe. Okay. Or you originated from the Potawatomi tribe, so I'm glad I remembered that right. Because then I'm like, oh, but is it the Pawnee? Was it something else? But no, it was Potawatomi. So, right. which is a, a tribe that I don't know a lot about. I don't. So, I don't. now I'm invigorated to learn more about them. We will
0: have to learn more. Okay, so we're back for a new uh, native plant every day, and I, you know, I'm not going to hold you. I know you said in in yesterday's episode that we would do two, two, and two, but I'm not going to hold you to that. How would you like to? proceed today daryl do you want me to give you clues or do you want to ask ask for ask five
2: questions um give me clues today and then next two we're going to ask questions
0: all right let's see here this is a deciduous shrub of the hydrangea family which includes Plants like hydrangea, deutia, and philadelphus. Um, <clears throat> it is four to six foot mounded in shape. Possibly I'd go a little larger. If you, if you were to ask my opinion, so mm-hmm. I don't say that I... Yeah. You know, four to six, possibly four to eight. Um, let's see. It is only native... To the southeastern United States, but can survive northern temperatures if protect it when young. Mm, let's see. I've only given you three clues. It does not have a wetland indicator status. It is an NI. And now I'm looking to see uh, what clue I can give you without completely. Yeah. Well, I think you should give
1: us one there. that gives it away because I have no idea.
0: Okay, so. uh, let's see.
2: <laughs> it, it, oh, I have an idea is... but i don't know if it's in the right family
0: all right let's see Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. all right let me look this one's going to definitely all right you know what oh, it's gonna give it away Come it's on. okay
1: so we're, you're uh, supposed to throw a <clears> spoon <throat> sometimes
0: No. uh it has uh let's see
1: that reddish, it has reddish
0: you, reddish brown exfoliating bark on adult plants. And it can be cut back to two foot every couple of years to promote mm-hmm. new growth and fullness.
1: How's that? And that was supposed to give it away? No, I didn't give you oh. the one that would give it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, – yeah, I have no idea. And because I would say just because it's, it's in the hydrangea family, it's native South. I would say Oakleaf hydrangea, but okay. I think we did that one, didn't no? we? No, no, we have not. We have not done that one? Okay, yeah, no. that's what I'm going to go with. Maybe there. you're thinking Aeschylus <laughs> Parva floor.
0: what what's that? Uh, b- bottle brush buckeye. Oh, okay, uh,
1: I don't think so. I
0: don't okay. think that's what All I was right. thinking of. Okay. I sworn you know what it was? We did this. This was my that's hot on native plant,
1: uh, healthy planet. Okay. that's what it was. Yeah. All right, so I I have a guess. All right, that I is just it? gave you. Well, oakleaf hydrangea. Okay, all I don't right. even know the botanical for it. I just, right. I just know it's a plant. How, how about you, Daryl? I was,
2: I was originally thinking maybe Calycanthus. Okay, when when you were talking about the height and the oh. southeast native, yes. um, the no wetland indicator. I was, I'm kind of thinking that fits for Calycanthus. Yeah. But then you gave me the exfoliating bark, and to me that says Hydrangea quercifolia. I could have sworn we did this one. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I would say that it's bigger than four to
0: – That's why I said eight. <laughs> Tom, Tom, like what I do is I will look at a few different sites and see what the average because mm-hmm. I know it varies per where it's native, mm-hmm. and then I take the average. And then Tom says I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.
0: Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And we still have our special guest here today, Daryl Kabeski from Sunset Farmstead. Welcome. Thank you for joining us again Thanks. today. So, and Thanks for having We
1: us. really brought in a real plant expert, and I'm impressed Unlike that I've us, gotten more idiots. questions right <laughs> than, than, than Daryl has so far. But the first episode, we threw him in, and uh, threw him into the fire, and I kind of have like, what, five weeks of doing this under my belt yes. already, so... <laughs> I knew the format a little better. Yeah, totally.
0: So Tom knows what – because he knows the format. He knows what questions to ask now and how to ask what them. what
2: you know kind of, and I have yeah. no clue
0: what you know. Well, I thought this one would be interesting because I knew that you knew this plant, but I knew and that Tom wasn't as familiar. So I thought yeah, it would I, be interesting. Like I said, I
1: know it's a plant, but I don't really <laughs> <laughs> know anything about yeah, it. So
0: today's plant is hydrangea quercifolia, which is oak leaf hydrangea. The clue that I was going to give you that would have given it away was opposite leaves – Opposite the leaves are opposite, and they're large, four to twelve inch oak shaped leaves. So I figured, with a with a, a shrub with an oak shaped leaf, would in the hydrangea yeah. family would have totally. But given It, it still
1: away. wouldn't have given away me uh-huh. because I I seriously think we did this one already, but you're telling me we didn't. We did not do and, this um, plant.
0: We did yeah, not do so this I'm, plant. I'm, I'm, you know what? Do you want me to? <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. No, I believe you. I'm going to look real fast just to make sure because how embarrassing would that be if we did do this one?
1: It's something we talk about enough, and it's one – like I said, I'm we don't grow it at the nursery. I'm not necessarily that familiar with it, so I don't – like I said, I know it's a plant. I know it's a thing, but I don't
0: – All right. For a recap, it. plants that we've done, Liridendron, Tulipiferia, Sambucus, uh, canadensis, Panicum virgatum, Calmia latifolia, Iris versicolor, Oxydendrum arboreum. Ampsonia hubrectii, Cornus sericea, uh, Penstemon digitalis, Heliopsis helionthoides, uh, Lobelia cardinalis, Hibiscus machutus, Kynanthus virginicus, Spirea tomentosa, Juniperus virginiana, Prunus serotina, Viburnum dentatum, Ilex glabra, Aeschylus parviflora, or parviflora, sorry. That's our… And one more that I don't remember that's gonna air <laughs> after <No. it. laughs> that's gonna air tomorrow. <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure we haven't done this one. Gotcha. All right. Um so I thought it was pretty interesting. To me to me the the leaves stand out because it's that dark oak leaf shaped mm-hmm. thing that that's low to the ground that you're not accustomed to seeing. And it's a dense shrub. I would
2: would you agree, Daryl? Like you don't see the stems until it – you, Defoliate. Don't, you don't see the stems until the wintertime, late yeah. winter usually, because yeah. it's semi-evergreen. It'll yeah. hold, you know, through, you know, the holiday season and into, you know, late January, early February. So this, you know, February, March is when you really see those stems.
0: I agree, and the reason why we had just done it recently on that's hot because it was right around Christmas time, <clears throat> and I noticed a patch on someone's front yard that was still holding its leaves, mm-hmm. and when everything else had defoliated, I was like, "Wow, I forgot how beautiful this is even at this time of the year." Um, and the the leaves are, yeah, it's it's a very striking plant for for multiple reasons. It has that big dark leaf. Uh, it does have the exfoliating bark, but the flowers really are spectacular Mm -hmm. when you think of hydrangea because you get that i I don't know if i'd say stereotypical hydrangea flower because i think most people when they think hydrangeas they think of like nico blue or something they think
2: of like a snowball hydrangea they don't think of like a, a, a panicle shape
0: yeah and this is a uh let me just so i make sure i get my wording correctly uh panicles of white flowers turning pink and then brown uh and it does bloom on the old wood so that is uh how you want to make sure you're pruning. Like it's pruning on the old wood. So don't, don't.
2: It's it's a a challenge when it comes to pruning because, because if you prune it in the springtime, you're cutting off flower buds. So, so ideally what you want to do is you almost want to prune it when it's in flower or just after after flower. flower. If you prune it when it's in flower, you can enjoy it in the garden and then enjoy it extra in your house. Yes. The, the challenge with that is if you really want to cut it back hard, you don't, my experience is you don't want to cut this plant back hard when it's actively growing. You want to do that hard cut back in the winter time. If you cut into old wood during the growing season, it it doesn't regenerate to the following year.
0: I agree. That's, that's something definitely you want to do in the winter, Mm -hmm. like that hard prune. Um, and the so, flowers do hold up very well. Like, like Daryl mentioned, you can cut that off and bring it in your house. And it's, it's pretty spectacular.
2: It's a great, like cut flower.
0: Yeah. And yeah. as you know, cause it goes from that white to the pink, to the brown. So it, it's a good cut flower and dries very nicely. Mm-hmm. So I agree hundred
1: percent. Now, Fran, on your sheet here that you gave us, you have a bunch of words that I don't know, all describing <laughs> the buds. <laughs> so can, <laughs> can you describe what the buds look like?
0: <laughs> so it's imprecate, imbricate. Which means it has overlapping edges, it's tomentose, which means it's covered with hair, so tomentose is is woolly mm-hmm. um and then the the buds are brown so uh and the terminal bud is the largest, so the terminal bud is the one on the end of the the stem or the twig, mm-hmm.
1: so that's always going to be the largest bud and if i is this a plant you need? One of or two do you need two? Is it monoecious dioecious? You know, most hydrangeas
0: are dioecious, but hydrangea corsifolia is monoecious. So uh it has both male and female plants on one plant. And then parts on one plant.
1: You said it's semi evergreen. What is what's the does it have a fall color? Or is Yeah,
0: it? actually it does. So it, it gets like would you say reddish purple, Daryl?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I would say for the most part it's 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 a it's reds to dark reds and yeah. you know you can get some purples and after frost.
0: Yeah, and it's so you're getting that color and then it's holding in through December even in our even in the northeast even though it's not native to here it it survives well here. I mean this is a very popular garden plant mm-hmm. uh in general. So it's it's in mass production in, in most nurseries. There's a lot of uh cultivars of this but Even though it's only really native to the southeast, it it has a really good USDA zone range. Mm -hmm. So – but it's just very – there's a lot of seasons of interest
1: in this, and that's why I like this plant. It's a good four-season plant. Yeah. So – and then uh, if I wanted to plant this – what kind of soil do I want to plant it in? Can it get wet? Or I know you said it was no indicator in wetland status. Is it going to want sun, shade, and then is it going to spread? Like I don't really know. like I said like, I don't know anything about this plant.
0: It, it it does spread by suckering, so you're going to get like a little not not a colony like buttlebrush, buckeye, but you'll get that bigger plant. Would you Would you agree, Daryl? That I don't think it's as it's, it's if not, it colonizes, it's, it's not like heavily col- heavy colonization.
2: It, it's correct. It's going to it's going to colonize underneath itself you're not going to find you know a, a shoot that pops up five feet away yes. it, it, it's yeah. going to be just a couple you know a yeah. couple you're, inches and then you're going to kind of be able to regenerate pruning off you're, of you're going to get a wider
0: plant mm-hmm. not necessarily a ton of plants right denser, uh, denser. yes a more dense plant uh it's one of those ones that likes morning sun and afternoon shade i think technically it's it likes it prefers shade, even though you'll get a better bloom in the sun. That's why mm-hmm. if you can give it morning sun and that, that afternoon shade, it, it will, it's a little more protected that way. Yep. Um, and okay. if we didn't mention the, the – it does bloom in the late spring, early summer. So – but you'll get those blooms because it – with the change
2: of color and how it dries out, it kind of persists all mm-hmm. year. I'm sorry, Darryl, you were going to uh, – You were talking uh, – you had said something about the, the – where it grows light shade and things like that i think the important thing to from for me on this is is a plant wants to be cool yeah it doesn't want to be hot and it doesn't want to be wet it would be happier from once again my experience growing it both in a nursery and and in the garden is is it 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 can take it pretty darn dry if it's cool and one of the things that will add to the some of the disease problems it can get is if you're watering it or the leaves are getting wet in the afternoon mm-hmm. when it's really hot yeah, yeah. And, and what are some of those
0: disease problems so uh leaf blight powdery mildew um and it will get aphids and spider mites also uh what were you going I, to add I, to that I,
2: the big ones to me that i always see are like are <clears throat> are some powdery mildew um and fungal leaf spots yeah. and all of that ends up from being wet in wet the afternoon, in the afternoon or you're...
0: heavy like afternoon sun exactly you know um and it does like it, it we mentioned it has no indicator status that means it's not found in wetlands it like at all like even upland plant 1% of the time it can be found in wetlands this just means it's not found in wetlands so and it definitely likes to be cool like it's it, you, you think the southeastern united states you think heavier temperatures although there's mountainous mountainous mm-hmm. areas mm-hmm. too it does like it, it doesn't want to be in that full sun. It doesn't want to be hot. Yeah. It wants to be cool. So
2: you keep a cool root zone on <laughs> it, and it's a happy plant. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: So, how about wildlife value?
0: Uh, so, it uh, songbirds will eat the seeds. Uh, it does attract butterflies and other insects, but you also get d- deer love it. So, do you, do you get a lot of deer browsing it from what you've seen on your property?
2: Um, not my property now. Okay. But other properties, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, um, I think it depends on the herd traffic. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: rabbits and voles definitely like these uh, because of how dense it is. It's it's good nesting for small mammals and birds also. Um, it is pollinated by honeybees and some uh, bumblebees and syrphid flies. Um, but it, it, I think it would be important. We always mention this. It's important to mention it is toxic to humans. Cats and dogs have eaten in large quantities – uh, it contains cyanogenic glycoside, so it's one of those plants that you don't want. You don't want to be eating large, large handfuls of, <laughs> of dried leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, we we mentioned that it does form colonies, and it is shallow rooted. It definitely likes well drained soil. Uh, like Daryl mentioned, it does not want to be wet. And if you keep it in those conditions, it is pretty long lived. It, it can live up to fifty years. So it's it's something you can put in your your garden and and enjoy for.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess, Daryl, how would you use it in a garden setting? Um, in multiple ways,
2: you know, as a, if if you're looking for just a specimen plant, uh, in, in a garden there or at the edge, you know, you could, if you know, a lot of people would do like an ornamental tree on a corner of a house or something, mm-hmm. but this plant will get large enough that you could, could use it as that to kind of anchor a mm-hmm. space as well. Um, we're fortunate enough that we have a, you know, a fortunate, and unfortunate enough, I guess that we have our front porch is raised, mm-hmm. so it's it's four or five steps off off the ground. So we have, you know, our foundation planting is a loose hedge basically okay. of hydrangea quercifolia that wraps nice. our house. So our house, this time, well through the winter, basically sits on a blanket of you know those dark red purple flowers of uh, 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 foliage, nice. which is is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. And it's nice you're you, you get those blooms more more towards your face than above yep. your head. Yep. you can which look,
2: is, you can look out the windows of our living room and dining room, and the flowers are now at mm-hmm. about eye level. So.
0: And you get to watch all yeah. the pollinators. That's yep. perfect. That's yeah, a, that's that, very cool. That's that's very cool. Um, what would you sub it for, Fran? I think burning bush. I think if you're if you're putting a burning bush like in a mass or or a single plant, I, I personally, this has a ton more value than that. What would you sub it for if you were to take out something that's non native to put it in?
2: Well, your, your burning bush is is a great option, um, but I was just thinking that you know it's also a good substitute. It, it's it's different in, in when it does its thing, but it does way more value. Um, something like a Cirsium chinensis. Oh, yeah, you know, because yeah. I, w- I could, I would, I would, and have you know, spec them kind of in the same in the same kind of spot. Yeah, but you think of the. Ecological value, the seasonal value that hydrangea corcivolia would offer you, it far outweighs the spring bloom oh, of,
0: of that. I agree. This, this is a, a great four-season plant. And it's not too often we get to deal with a four-season plant, but this is – and it definitely stretches its zone of of where you can plant it. Um, the last fact I'll throw in before our next quiz, and again because – I know a lot of this is subjective, but the hydrangea represents gratitude, grace, and beauty, but hydrangea can also represent heartlessness.
2: Hmm. I don't know who makes those up. I was ask, yeah. where do you find these things? <laughs> oh, try, yeah.
0: That, well, those sites get a little more <laughs> – not as credible. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to give you four factual statements, one lie, and the two of you will have to guess which one is the lie. Uh, the root and rhizome of hydrangea quercifolia, um, which are the underground stems, are used to make medicines in general, medicines in general. Used for infections of the bladder, urethra and prostate, enlarged prostate and kidney stones are some mm-hmm. of the, the uses. Uh, this plant was noted by 18th century botanist William Bartram in his botanizing exploration from North Carolina to Florida in the 1770s. Okay. All right. The exfoliating bark of hydrangea corsifolia has been used as wrapping papers for smoking tobacco. And it is – it is uh, – what's uh,
1: – Oh, this one has got to be the one. No, it's That's, not.
0: It's not. i have just – it's – it's I, I it's not common knowledge, but it's um it has been said that you should never plant a hydrangea by your door, or your daughters won't marry. It is bad luck to to plant a hydrangea by your door if you have daughters. Folklore, okay. that's the yeah. word I was looking. Folklore, that's interesting.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, anything re- regarding Bartram usually holds up for me, especially if it's in the southeast. Yeah, a, which makes again it. it I, I know this is a plant, but I don't know a lot about this yeah. plant until today. Um, another person I should know a lot more about is, is Bartram. I just know he was doing a lot of stuff in the southeast and yeah. at some point discovered a lot of things. I always think well, of
0: Franklinia a lot of Maha yeah.
1: when I think of William Bartram.
0: And, and eventually we'll do that that plant. But all right. What's your guess?
2: Uh, I can. I was thinking the first one was false.
1: So the roots and
0: rhizomes uh, are used to make
1: medicine. Okay. Yeah, and all I'm right. gonna I'm gonna disagree and say I think it's that the bark was used to roll and smoke tobacco.
0: Okay, all right. So we have two different guesses. So Daryl's guessing the roots and rhizomes uh, are used to make medicine is not correct. And I'm kind
1: of torn because that last one is just like so crazy too all right. and that fits your typical bill but i'm gonna still go with the tobacco
0: all right tom's guessing that the foliating bark of hydrangea corsifolia has been used as a wrapping paper for smoking tobacco <laughs> tom just knows how i i word things i thought with it is folklore yeah. that if you plant a hydrangea by your door it's bad luck
1: yeah it, and your daughter's that's die. very similar to what you usually make up it the, is the tobacco one. i'm like i don't know i <laughs> i don't know why they do that <laughs> I, I, why wouldn't I, they use a tobacco leaf <laughs> like a cigar <laughs> instead of a but if
2: you look at that exfoliate see yeah. i looked at it as i know yeah. what that exfoliating bark looks like yeah. and it yeah. really kind of curves kinda, and that's and, what and, i was thinking And you're like you know what that's like i don't smoke yeah. but yeah i could see how somebody would say hey you know what like that's a i don't have to roll anything it's well, already yeah. rolled forward. we'll <laughs> have to try it so yeah. yeah i would say don't go out and try it because i think you
1: put something about it being toxic dogs. On. <laughs> yes <laughs> so. it
0: is it is all right uh at, we always end it this way. Would you put it in your yard?
1: I I haven't. Um okay. it's one again, one of those ones where I have my my ethical dilemma. Oh, it's not really native here, so should I do it or not? But Darrell might have sold me on that. Like I don't have the ethical green. dilemma that Dom has Tom <laughs> <that> <laughs> um
2: for for it in my garden. It, okay. it's it's as we as we've heard, it's native to the southeast and it, mm-hmm. it can survive up here. There's there's a lot of uh, ecological value to me that it adds as well as a lot of aesthetic value that it adds yeah. and, and I can really enjoy it and I would highly recommend planting
0: it. I, I agree I don't have it in this yard I would plant it I've had it in previous properties that I've owned and I think that if you had a choice between something that's I guess take technically it's native not here but if I had a choice between this and something that was exotic <laughs> or non-native that didn't provide the same
1: yeah wildlife value or or i might have to replace all those ilex GLABRA that i have in my house that i thought would do a good job of (laughs) of being in foundation planning but really haven't so maybe that's the good sub for that maybe that's
0: a good sub all right uh that's it for tuesday uh daryl's gonna continue to be with us for the rest of the week so make sure you tune in tomorrow until then keep it native
1: thank you for listening to a native plant every day with tom and fran